0: is your organization a talent magnet is your culture the envy of the business market top organizations need top leaders make sure that you are that leader this show will ensure that you are welcome to i lead the leadership connection with dr linda sharkey leaders today are more than just results they are about creating legacies of great people, driving winning organizations, and raising the bar for themselves and that of their teams. Now, here is your host, Dr. Linda Sharkey.
1: Hi, I'm Linda Sharkey. I'm your host of I Lead the Leadership Connection and thanks for joining me today. I have a couple I have a favor to ask all of my listeners. I've been nominated for the Thinkers 50 Award. It's a very prestigious award of people who have really uh, brought great thinking uh, and expertise and insight into the field of leadership. And people, I was humbled to have people nominate me for that uh, award. And now people have to go out and vote for me. And I've been so excited. People have been sending me notes from all over the world that they voted for me, and, and I greatly so appreciate it. And I'm just asking any of you, if you haven't, that I would appreciate your vote. All you have to do is go to www.thinkers50 and put your name and email address in and then vote for me. And all you need is my name, Linda Sharkey, and my email address, linda at It's that easy and then hit submit. You don't need to know my, my uh, title or my company name, just Linda at lindasharkey.com and submit. I'd be so honored to make that top 50 list. But So thank you if you've already voted and thank you in advance for going in and voting now. The other thing I wanted to mention to you is that a very interesting thing is going on. GE uh, often does this. these best practice uh, institutes and uh, they have invited me to come. I'm an alumni of uh, GE, a great company, uh, to speak about coaching and the value of coaching and the impact that coaching can have a, a high impact for executives, uh, uh, minorities, women, uh, millennials, etc. cetera, in the, in the organization. So I'm thrilled to be there. And the reason I'm, I'm mentioning this, it's going to be in October. Um, And I'm going to be presenting there, as I said. But the reason I'm mentioning this is they have revised their performance management system. And many of you may know that uh, there's a raging debate going on right now whether rankings um, actually do drive the performance and the behavioral change that you're looking for. And I would argue that it doesn't. Um, But, you know, you can get science to prove any point that you like. And you can get research to prove any point that you like. Um, But it says a lot to me when a company like GE, who has been in the forefront of rankings and performance management, has thought that it was time to rethink how they develop people going forward and how they leverage performance development for future growth of people. And I personally think that's a, a healthy way. So I'm excited to hear what they're doing there. Um, I'm also going to be talking um, in South America on uh, transformational uh, HR and doing a presentation on the top uh, 12 tenants of the new world of work. And I'm very excited to be doing that. Um, It's a very big company. It's probably the largest company in um, South America that's publicly traded. So I'm looking forward to these events. But I just came back from the NSA conference, oh, maybe about two or three weeks ago in Washington, D.C. And it was a really great conference. And N- NSA st- stands for National Speakers Association. And really, why I went was for my own personal professional development and to continue my own growth. And honestly, I took away uh, a couple of very interesting tips and pointers uh, for myself. And I always figure when that happens, it was it was a good opportunity, and a good experience, because learning and growth are always good things, no matter how old you are or how young you are, which leads me to today's guest. I had the great honor to listen to Jared Kleinert speak to the NSA group. Jared is just impressive beyond words, and he has a new book out. I think it's your only book, Jared, but uh, 20 Billion Under 20. And when I first saw the title, I thought, wow, the guy made 20 billion bucks under under 20 years of age. I really want to talk to this guy. Uh, but it's really about the millennials, which there are 20 billion entering and going to be in the workforce uh And by 2000, I think the statistic varies, but by 2025, the majority of the workforce are going to be millennials, a significant population who were raised differently, who were raised by us boomers and uh, late in life generation Xers and who have a different perspective on the world. They didn't grow up. Uh, in the 60s with the race relations that we had then. The most significant event that probably happened for the millennials was 9-11. For the boomers, it was things like, um, you know, Kennedy and um, some other things that really shaped their impressions. So Jared Kleinert and and his co-author wrote this fabulous book. But what's also fabulous about Jared is that he started Kleinert Ventures, you know, he's a young millennial himself. He's an in-demand speaker. Um, he has, uh, at age seventeen, he was defined as the definition of of social of a social entrepreneur by Forbes magazine. He's been interviewed and in Fast Company, all pretty significant things. So clearly, this Jared is a unique and interesting individual. Jared, thanks so much for agreeing to come on the show. I'm so excited to talk to you.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me on, and and really uh, humbled and honored by your introduction. Um, just to, just to quickly well, clarify, two billion under twenty. Um, so, in case people want to you know find out. Oh, more thank you for saying that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I appreciate uh, that. I,
1: I know it's two billion under twenty.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I'm looking amazing. right at it, and
1: I read it wrong. What can I say?
2: No, it would have been pretty amazing so, if I made billion million under 20. But unfortunately, uh, I don't think anyone's been a billionaire before 20. And uh, and I'm unfortunately not going to be the first one.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's true. But I'm sure you're going to do very, very well in your life, Jared. I'm sure of that. So tell me, what was it uh, that caused uh, Forbes magazine to... Uh, pick you at 17 years of age as a, uh, a social entrepreneur. What, what, tell, tell the audience your story around that.
2: Sure. So I actually started my first company at 15, and uh, it was called NowIGetIt.com. It allowed you to access tutors from around the world via web chat. It ultimately failed. Um, at 16, I started this other idea called Synergist, which was a crowdsourcing site for social entrepreneurs. And as I was starting that, I also worked for two venture-backed startups in Silicon Valley. And as I was launching Synergist, um, was getting all my press lined up, you know, similar to launching a book. You know, if you launch a a new business, you want to get a lot of press for it. And was part of a panel of young social entrepreneurs, um, and we were called the Definitions of Social Entrepreneur by Forbes, which was really exciting. Unfortunately, Synergist also failed. Um, but you know, I, I like to say I successfully started and spectacularly failed uh, two businesses at 15 and 16, and you know, the the next venture I started at 17 was two billion under 20, which has been successful and is the it's the book that's out right now, and it's also the the series of companies we're building behind it as we speak.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you're such a slacker, Jared, you know, starting at 15. My goodness. You know, I'm telling you, most I'm jealous parents of all would wish started. their kids would.
2: I regularly yeah. speak to I people think 11, you, something like 11 or 12, and they're the ones who make me feel like slackers.
1: <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, that, that is true. I mean, the young people that I'm meeting today, they're just, just, just so impressive. So, you know what's so interesting? A lot of executives... Um, climb the corporate ladder and don't hit failure until their 40s and 50s. And sometimes it's very hard for them to recoup because they've been so successful and, uh, uh, you know, everything seemed to go their way. Um, and sometimes those failures just knocked them back. What have you learned from your failures at such a young age?
2: Yeah, there's the, the biggest thing I learned uh, from my failure... With NowIgetIt.com dot com was to surround myself with really um, world class people, and I don't. I certainly don't advocate trying to fail with any of your ventures. And even if you do fail, I don't think that you can necessarily pinpoint exactly what made you fail so that you can fix it in the future. But I do think that if you do fail, try and pull some major lesson from that experience. So that it's not a waste. And the one I did, you know, with my first. Failed startup attempt was the idea of surrounding myself with amazing people, um, because when I did start that first company, I had you know mentors that had or a mentor, not mentors, uh, I had a mentor that had a pretty ugly past with the law. Um, to not not go into too much further detail, um, and I also had you know outsourced some technical work to people that weren't very good at their job, so. You know, between those two things, as well as not really knowing my competition and not having too many peers to look to uh, while I was building this company, a lot of those uh, were were things that I fixed moving forward in my life. So, you know, you look at myself today, I have world-class mentors, Um, even, you know, me being at the National Speakers Association, that was a direct result of Shep Hyken being a mentor of mine. And he was the former, he's now the former president of the National Speakers Association, but he was the president last year. And people like that, I have you know probably a dozen mentors or so of that caliber in various fields. And not only surrounding myself with world class mentors, but as you know, surrounding myself with world class peers like the people we featured in Two Billion Under Twenty, and you know co-authors and and co-founders. That's really changed my life. So I don't advocate failing. Even if you do fail, you might not be able to pinpoint exactly what made you fail. You can fix to start you know become successful in the future but you can certainly pull a big uh lesson out of a failure and the lesson i pulled from early failures was to surround myself with much better people and that's yeah, that, my-
1: that's a that's a great answer and and you know you interviewed a ton a ton of people for this book um which by the way i understand it's flown off the shelves which good for you uh it's it's a hot topic uh, so, you know, I think your, your, your point is well taken because any change, any innovation, any evolution comes with some form of failure. And if you don't learn from that failure, you're never going to progress to that next step. But what I think is so amazing about you is you just sort of dusted yourself off and started another company. And now you're, you're on your third. Tell us a little bit about uh, Kleiner Ventures. This is your current company. Tell us what that's all
2: about. So Kleiner Ventures is a a boutique marketing consulting firm that I've been operating for the last year or so, um, helping companies better work with millennials, whether it comes to marketing to them, hiring and recruiting them, or retaining, engaging top talent within your current um, company. And I was also helping, I was helping companies, I was also helping individual thought leaders with similar um, challenges. So... Had clients ranging from New York Times bestselling authors to an Olympian to the founder of uh, a billion dollar company or billion dollar brand that's within another multi billion dollar company, um, as well as some Fortune 500s. And that was, um, you know, it's it's good fodder for what we're doing post book launch, which is uh, a consulting some a consulting company pretty much doing the same thing, uh, you know, helping large companies better work with millennials and leveraging all the insights that we pulled from 2 billion under 20. So yeah. definitely. Uh, yeah, definitely uh, that good. is absolutely
1: great. We are, we are coming up on break, uh, Jared, and I'm going to explore that a little bit more uh, with you. And We're going to get into detail on your book. Uh, stay with us. We're talking to Jared Kleiner, co-author of 2 billion under 20, all about the millennials with amazing insights. Stay with us.
0: Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that have done right, really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit LyndaSharky.com. Again, that's LyndaSharky.com.
2: As your business grows, are you growing with it? Do you have the right balance of time, attention, work, and personal life? Take the growing pains out of growth and tune into The Business Edge with Marcia Zeidel. If you are spending most of your energy managing problems rather than focusing on taking your business to the next level, our program will give you the steps you need to make sure you have everything in place for forward-thinking business leadership. The Business Edge is heard every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
0: You are tuned in to iLead, the leadership connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to one 866 472-5790 That's 1-866-472-5790 Or you can tweet the show at hashtag I lead TLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com Now, back to ILEAD, The Leadership Connection
1: Hi, welcome back. I'm Linda Sharkey, your host of I Lead the Leadership Connection. And with me is a very impressive young man, Jared Kleinert, who's written two billion, co-authored Two Billion Under 20. Uh, great insights into the millennials and how they're changing, uh, going to change and are changing the world. We were just talking before break about uh, Kleinert Ventures. Um, which you were just saying to me, uh, Jared has morphed into uh, yet again another company that's really doing uh, great marketing and how, how you attract and market and, and uh, work with the millennial population. So you want to just say a little bit more about that and then I really want to dig into the book.
2: Yeah, let's, let's do it. So I was mentioning you know, this new firm uh, It's called Starts with Insights and we essentially take the insights that we have from 2 which we're about to talk about as well as uh, different interviews we do with, you know, corporate um, MVP execs, as well as just, you know, overall thought leadership we've been amassing and, and intellectual property we've been amassing in regards to millennials and help large companies better work with millennials, whether you have um, marketing, hiring, recruiting, uh, retention or engagement challenges, we help with those. So that's, that's kind of a direct result of Kleiner Ventures and, Kind of the grown-up uh, version of what I was doing before as an individual.
1: Yeah, well, that's great. So you have, you know, sort of learned and progressed through your through your own personal journey. So what made you write the book? What gave you the idea for the book?
2: Sure. I was at. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Peter Thiel, um, the co-founder of PayPal and person. Yes,
1: in fact, yes, I am very familiar with him.
2: Got it. Are you familiar with his Thiel Fellowship program?
1: I'm not familiar with that.
2: So every year he gives uh, 20 kids $100,000 to drop out of school and build their own businesses or create their own science uh, visions. And while I'm not a fellow, although Stacy, my co-author, just got a Teal Fellowship herself in the last three or six months, um, they have these events that the foundation or the fellowship runs uh, once every six months. And, and I went to my first summit November of 2012. And that was the first time I really met other young entrepreneurs and scientists and thinkers and doers like me. It was really an eye-opener that I wasn't alone and that, in fact, I could find those peers that I was talking about earlier before. And not only that, I also heard this talk uh, at the event about how there were 2 billion people in the world under 20 years old. And we were challenged on the spot to kind of get more young people to do amazing things with their lives. So... That idea sat my mind for a few months. Um, in March of 2013, I pitched this idea um, to crowdsource a book of stories from impressive young people, um, call it 2 billion under 20, and you know, that would be the goal is to inspire the 2 billion under 20 to go out and create their own stories. And within a half hour of making this Facebook post, there was 50 likes on the thread, 60 comments, um, a few of my peers wanted to be co-authors. You know, a few people had sent in stories for the book, and it just took off from there. And you know, it took about two years to get the process going—from working with traditional publishers to sourcing all seventy-five stories, editing them about half a dozen times each, and uh, and then getting ready yeah. to launch it. World. So.
1: Well, it is a process doing the book. You, you know, you can't. <laughs> a few of yeah. them myself. So. What were your biggest, uh, what was the most impressive story, or what was the biggest one that really knocked you off your heels?
2: I mean, every one of those did. It's like, I don't have children, but it would probably be like picking your favorite child, although maybe, maybe some parents have really yeah. easy time doing that. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but one, one that I think you would like is um, the story of Kevin Breel. Who has used uh, comedy and his gift of public speaking to combat um, depression and to combat kind of these suicidal thoughts that a lot of teens may have around the world? And he took this to uh, TED. He actually did a, a TED talk, not not TEDx, like actual TED. And his talk about these subjects has been viewed, um, I think, over three million times by now. And wow. It's- the most popular talks, you know, more popular than Steve Jobs' talk or Bill Gates' talk, and he's using you know these very unique and kind of disparate ideas of stand-up comedy, public speaking, and advocacy against a you know social cause. I was able to tie them all together to really impact you know thousands of kids' lives each and every year, and he does this to this day. Um, but Kevin is one of the most uh, kind of humble yet also inspiring people that we have in the book and I think his work is really important
1: it is important, it's very important and it's so interesting because that notion of really uh, changing the world, doing good um, comes out in all the stories and I I do confess that I did not finish reading the whole book but um, the ones I did read were, were, were very impressive so what, how are millennials changing the world from your point of view?
2: Sure. I guess the biggest things are they're redefining what it means to be successful. So it's not all you know, strictly financially driven anymore. It's, it, millennials are also looking at lifestyle design and you know, workplace design. So how, how they're working is changing. You know, as, as we're having this discussion, you know, I'm in California right now, although I kind of live in New York and I'm kind of nomadic. And I do all my work just from a computer wherever I have internet access. And a lot of companies could be getting incredible talent in their offices or not, not even in their offices, but under their umbrella by allowing millennials to have this flexibility. And you know, millennials, yeah. you know, again, not just money, but really socially driven. So it is sometimes more important to them to be able to back a mission or a cause that they believe in than accept a job that pays them better. So you have you've, you know, yeah. a generation of people that are redefining what it means. You have a generation of people that are breaking down every barrier imaginable from age barriers to socioeconomic barriers, um, gender barriers, G- they're all being shattered because of ubiquitous internet access, because of social media platforms that allow us to have more global mindsets. And you know, those those are two of the really big things. And then you also see a wave of entrepreneurship, whether people are thinking entrepreneurially about their their own careers and lives, and maybe they're starting companies. But then they're also taking their entrepreneurial spirit into other companies and into other organizations, uh, and acting as entrepreneurs. So you have you know entrepreneurial thinkers within large companies or within the government, and I think that is going to make a huge difference in how we solve problems. Uh, for society in coming decades.
1: Yeah, I think I think totally, totally true. I mean, you know, we used to talk about uh, flexible work and allowing flexibility in the workplace. And, you know, honestly, Jared, though, I mean, boomers wanted that too. It's just that the workplaces were structured in such a way that there was a huge social stigma against, you know, shared work or working from home or, you know, uh, flexible hours and all of that stuff. And I, I think people wanted it but today you have to have it or you're just not going to get people who, who are going to want to work for you
2: absolutely
1: and i you know the other point you make is is this point of um it, you know social media knows no uh bounds and by that i mean i'm reading another great book by um uh another guy on uh treating your your customers like your fans and you know when you think about social media. It is diverse. You don't know who you're talking to and who you're not. And, uh, you know, it engenders diversity, inclusion, and uh, effectiveness around the world. So I think that that's really an incredible point that you're making there. So what else? how else are millennials different?
2: Um, I mean, you can look at uh, kind, of, kind of what world do you want to look at? Because there's there's so much to talk about, and there's there's so many industries and, and geographic areas we touch in the book. You know what what are you most interested in, in kind of exploring?
1: Well, I'm most interested in exploring sort of the the, the, the global perspective of uh, the millennials and how they're breaking down sort of the barriers across organizational and country lines.
2: Sure. So I think that one of the most obvious ones is that millennials are extremely tech savvy and that, you know, as digital natives, we've grown up with, you know, more computing power in our pockets since middle school than the government had to put, um, men on the moon in 1969. And, you know, what might not be yeah. as obvious is how that impacts our generation and how it impacts us growing up. So you have a generation of, Extremely, extremely savvy consumers, and I think I said this on uh, at, at the National Speakers Association's main event. You did. But, <laughs> what, um, you know, what that means is that as a as a company and and as a even as a politician, maybe you can't you know you can't skew your words and you can't sell bullshit. Um, you know, millennials right. have the ability to to cross reference what you provide and and how you provide it. Uh, with everything else that's in the marketplace, so you know if I'm if I'm going. So hold to study- that
1: thought, Jared. Hold that thought okay. because we're going to come to break, and then I want to explore that uh, a, a little bit further with you. It's a it's a great point. We're sure. going to break. Stay with us. We're talking to Jared Kleiner, co-author of Two Billion Under Twenty, uh, the next workforce. Stay with us.
0: Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that, if done right, really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharky.com.
1: Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. tuned in to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to one eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero. 472 5790 That's one eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero. 472 5790 Or you can tweet the show at hashtag I Lead TLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now, to I lead the leadership connection.
1: Hi, welcome back. I'm Linda Sharkey, and with me today is Jared Kleinert. and We're talking about the millennials, the most interesting group, um, I think, that's out there and coming into the workforce and are really going to change things. I mean, they're passionate about social good and i just simply love that I, I Jared when i was in washington i met up with my uh, granddaughter who's uh, 21 and she's working at discovery she had an internship at discovery channel this year and it's so interesting how she thinks about the world and she was saying the same thing about politicians you know they could she could cross reference stuff she could and people just are not going to accept you guys are not going to accept bullshit like a lot of us did in the past, as you as you mentioned. And she told a great story about, you know, I, I asked her how her professors were this year, and she said they're great because she went online and cross-referenced her professors with all the other students that had taken the classes, and she got lined up with really great ones. And that's what's going to happen. People are going to vote with their feet because they're going to have information that, that wasn't accessible to them in the past And they can make really great decisions about who they want to work for, what their boss is going to be like, and all of that other kind of thing. I think it's actually kind of exciting. So uh, what I'd like to explore a little bit more with you, um, Jared, is what do you see as the new org designs going forward? I mean, we have organizations like uh, Uber, which is really putting the taxi, turning the taxi industry on their head. You know, people who just strictly can work for themselves. Um, have the freedom that they want, um, not have to be tethered to other kind of rules. I mean, what do you see coming down the pike?
2: Yeah, I just, I think that the definition, or maybe definition is not the right word, but I think the relationship between employers and employees is going to change dramatically. And that what you see, you know, standard in terms of boss and employee, it's not going to be around in the future. I think you're going to see more and more, uh companies looking at you know, contractor models like Uber um or Airbnb where you have all these people that can plug into your system and your marketplace and still help you deliver a service but aren't technically employees and there's still legal you know conversations going on as to how that works but you also see a lot of companies that have accelerators you know like Disney Nike um Kaplan, a few other companies have partnered with Techstars, which is one of the largest and most respected um, tech accelerators in Boulder, and and they've scattered around the world now. But you see that, going back to the entrepreneurial idea before, companies are starting to invest in entrepreneurs and give them access to resources, funding, research, and they're technically, you know, hiring these companies or technically, you know, are the bosses of these companies that they're providing all this, um, you know, capital and resources and allowing them to kind of do their own thing underneath their brand. But you also then have just standard entrepreneurs. And so that's still an employer employee like relationship, but it's, it's completely different than what we have today. And I think you'll see more and more of that, Yeah. Um, just the flexibility between that relationship is going to grow exponentially. Um, you're going to see more freelancers. You're going to yeah. see more contractors. You're going to see more um, more entrepreneurship built like that rather than, you know, standard. which I think is very
1: exciting. Yeah.
2: Uh, it, I, I, I think this is really
1: I think it'll be very exciting so what does... when
2: everyone figures it out um, and both sides benefit from it evenly
1: yeah and and it's going to be a while before that happens because it's tough as you probably well know to break some of the old paradigms uh, that people believe about work and you know how people make a living and um it'll it'll take a while i'm i'm sure but so what does a boss have to think about as they're trying to attract retain millennials
2: how do they have to
1: think differently
2: yeah, yeah. I think um, you should be doing this with all your employees, but I think especially with millennials, you know, there really needs to be very open and constant uh, feedback channels. And you need to ask millennials, you know, pretty, like the, the something along the lines of these three questions: you know, what's going well in your role, what challenges um, do you have, and what are some ideas that you have for improving our company? And if you ask those. You know, you'll find ways that you can celebrate your millennial employees and you know, engage them in the good work that they're doing. You'll be able to help them remove any barriers to them doing their work or you know, provide additional resources, training, um, collaboration, so that they can solve some of the challenges. And then you know, you'll also probably get some really good ideas that you weren't thinking about beforehand that might turn into you know, revenue generation for your company, And simply by asking those questions, you'll also better engage your millennial employees, and probably be able to keep them around a little bit longer than you were before. Um, And or if they leave, they're going to be you know still a cheerleader of your company. I mean, I don't work for 155 anymore, but I'm still a big advocate of what they do in their company. And so I'm I'm still bringing business and mentioning them in the press and things like that, even though I don't work for them anymore. So,
1: yeah, and yeah. so it's that whole notion of relationship building, relationships with people, getting to understand people, getting to know people, understanding what makes them tick. That, that is such an important attribute of a manager, boss, leader.
2: Yeah. Let me ask new. you this, it's so Jared. Yeah, you know, it's not. It's not new. It's just the the right. Um, the touch points need to be more constant and. Um, and they need to be more transparent. I think those are the, the newer traits with that model.
1: Yeah, because I was going to say, I mean, you know, that there is a lot of that that's been said before, you know, you, what are the challenges, uh, et cetera. Um, but you really have to listen and you have to really do something about it now or people right. will move on somewhere else. And previously, you could have said, oh, thank you, and maybe you did something, maybe you didn't, maybe people knew about it, maybe they didn't. What about things like uh, bricks and mortar companies. Where do you see that going?
2: Um, I mean, I actually think there's going to be a huge demand for experiences and and real life stuff. Um, I think companies that find a way to merge hardware and software or merge their brick and mortar experiences with the internet and with technology will benefit the most. I mean, for example, Uber, Airbnb, you know those type of companies. They're they're very good at mashing their their hardware, you know, your smartphones, and then a physical experience with software. Um, you know, same with any brick and mortar company. Um, you know, if they if your local shop doesn't have a web presence, how are you how are you going to find them? You know, you're not going to be able to find them on Yelp or find them wherever else you need to. And you know, especially as we go into this like Internet of Things era. You know, you have to you have to find the balance between hardware slash real world and software. Um, and if you do that well, then you're going to benefit tremendously. And if you don't, then um, I don't know if your company is going to survive the next 15 years.
1: Yeah, and you're you're going to be definitely uh, in the in the back seat, not in the front seat driving. And you know, I just recently read an article which I thought was so interesting because a lot of um, stable companies, let's say, I'll use that word. Companies that have been around for a long time don't embrace technology, try to control technology, try to uh, not allow employees to uh, be on Facebook when they're or use their personal devices and all these other kinds of things. And the fact of the matter is, you guys live on those devices. It just seems to me a ridiculous thing to try and. You know, control that. Why don't you just turn? Why doesn't a company just turn around and embrace it and understand that this is how people do business today? I I, I haven't been able to figure that out. But I think to your point, those companies that are not able to get behind technology in a really constructive way are going to are going to lose big time. So what are some of the kinds of advice that you give to uh, companies to ensure that they're millennial ready? Because let's face it, most of the companies we have around today are, you know, industrial companies, Fortune 500 kinds of things, even though that's changing. So what kind of advice do you give to those companies to get them ready for this really transformation?
2: Yeah, uh, ask millennials. Would be the biggest advice, you know. If you want to better work with the millennial generation, then ask them how you can better work with them. You know, ask your millennial employees, how can I, you know, better train you, or how can I, how can I keep you around longer? What can I, what can we do to make you more successful in your role? Um, If you want to better market to millennials, you really look into what are the major problems that need to be solved in the marketplace, instead of, you know, how can I. Better make this widget and then sell it. Uh, And you have a a generation that doesn't want to be sold to, that companies are trying to market to millennials better. Um, So instead, think about, you know, instead of marketing to them, you know, think about what are some major problems that they really need solved. And if you can provide a a really valuable solution to those problems, you're not only going to have a lot of customers, but you're going to have, you know, huge and free advocates for your stuff and for your work. Um, Yeah. you can actually flip them around and turn them into a free sales force for you. And when it comes to hiring and recruiting, you know, ask millennials um, what their goals are with your company because they're not going to come in and work for you for 10, 20, 40 years. They they have a specific reason normally for wanting to come work with you, whether they're trying to build a career, whether they're looking for a certain mentorship, um, whether they have a certain mission that they're trying to work on with the resources of a larger company. So, yeah, really really just ask millennials, and that's, uh, you know, yeah, that's the simplest thing. It's, you, it's, to... you
1: know, Jared, it, it's shockingly simple, and, shocking. uh, you know, it, it, Peter Drucker, I don't know if you know who that was, he's, a, he's dead now, but one of the things he said is the leader of the past told and the leader of the future asks. And that's what you're saying. I mean, what you're saying is nothing that we haven't talked about many times before about what makes really great companies and good leaders. The point now is that if you don't do it, you're going to lose. You have to ask. And then you have to do the second step, which is listen. So we're coming up on break. And stay with us, Jared. I have a uh, question um, from uh, that was... Uh, emailed in from the field uh, for you, so I'd like to ask that, and um, we're coming up on the last uh, segment of the show, and really want to talk about culture shock that people may find in hiring millennials, and that millennials have found in joining companies, so stay with us.
0: comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that have done right, really do make good leaders great if you want a no-nonsense practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results contact linda today visit lindasharkey.com again that's lindasharkey.com have you become a member yet sign up now to become a member of voice america it's always free and easy We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk
2: Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
0: You are tuned in to iLead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to one 866 Four seven two five seven nine zero. That's one 472 5790 Or you can tweet the show at hashtag iLeadTLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now back to iLead, the leadership connection.
1: Hi, welcome back. And I have Jared Kleinart with me, co-author of uh, 2 Billion Under 20 and a great book. I suggest you order yourself a copy uh, just based on this conversation. Um, Lots of stuff we all need to know and think about as we're trying to create the next wave of great organizations, great opportunities. Jared, one of the things I loved, and we have a question from the field, I'm going to get to this though. as such a different question to ask How can I make this product better so I can sell more to what uh, are the major problems in the market that we need to solve? And or for politicians, what are the major social issues that we really need to pull together and solve? It sounds like a subtle thing, but it's huge. It's a huge thing relating to, you know, social good and really being part of a, of something larger, some greater purpose. And what I hear you saying is that that is what really motivates millennials.
2: Yeah, so um, fortunately and unfortunately there are more problems in the world than ever before. So yes. unfortunately um, that's where we're at and if we don't fix a lot of them then we're going to have a really tough future. But fortunately for companies there's a lot of problems to solve whether it's the water problem in California and just like clean drinking water around the world uh, which most people don't necessarily think about in, in the westernized world but it's a huge huge problem um, you it also is. have different problems with artificial intelligence and trying to keep artificial intelligence on the good side of humanity in the next you know, 20, 30, 40 years as that progresses um, you have problems with companies like Uber and Airbnb right now and they are you know have huge legal battles that they're trying to solve and as uh, as they scale, they're going to have their own challenges. You, have, you know, student debt is crippling in the U.S., and so you just have you have tons and tons and tons of problems to solve. Um, and again, if you don't know what you you know what problems are in your specific niche or in your field or industry, just ask. Uh, you know, this time, ask potential customers you know, what problems they have, or uh, you know, ask the marketplace. or Do some research on what of the big opportunities. So yeah unfortunately we have these problems, but fortunately that means more opportunities um, in a capitalistic society for companies to solve them and then you know benefit from those solutions:
1: yeah and you know there's been a lot of research uh, Jared over the years about companies that really were socially oriented and made their mission and purpose to do social good and you know interestingly enough they're the ones that uh, made more money and uh, produced more shareholder value. So I think that's going to be a trend going forward. Quickly, uh, one quick question for you. What are three things that millennials have to think about as they enter this new world of work?
2: Yeah, uh, I think millennials are going to have to be a little more creative and entrepreneurial with how they get jobs because you have things like college degrees uh, that are becoming commoditized and are meaning less and less. Um, and it's also you know less and less jobs um, and more and more specialty needed to get those jobs um, or, or with higher credentials needed such as you know certain degree levels. So you're not gonna get jobs or, you know, a really dream job unless you're entrepreneurial and, and creative about going to get that job. You know, so how can you show that you're providing value, how can you display your skill sets in other ways rather than just throw your, your resume at people and, and pray for the best. Um, so that's one. You know, two is while we are working to help other generations better understand millennials, you know, millennials also have to come to the table and better understand how older generations tick. And you know that means if you're entering the workforce, you know, understand that while other generations might not be as entrepreneurial and um, they might not be as tech savvy. You know, I think that Gen X and boomers are extremely adaptable. Um, you know, a lot of Gen Xers and boomers remember a world without computers. They remember a world without smartphones. Um, and the fact that you guys were able to still be productive in a world like that, and then not only be productive, but then catch up to us uh, relatively with new inventions and technology um, speaks a lot to adaptability. And then,
1: Amazing, well, isn't it? We, do, we, we can learn. <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, it's huge. And, um, yeah. and the thing is, you know, as, as we are more, um, you know, we're more entrepreneurial, but I think that there's, you know, especially in Gen X, there's a lot of process-driving, you know, skill sets that could be implemented. You know, so you see this all the time with startups as they scale. They need to bring in the old folks or bring in the adults. Um, that's because Gen X is amazing at building scalable processes. Um, because they are used to a world where they went to high school, went to college, got a career, stayed for forty years, and then retired with their gold watch and um, and retired um, to play golf or whatever. And through that process, and then just how companies have grown in the last twenty, thirty, forty years, you see that there was a lot of processes that had to be made in order to you know introduce that level of scalability and function. So, you know, that's a skill set that's very valuable in today's day and age as well. So I think millennials yep. can come into the workforce and better understand older generations while being better understood, and they'll get a lot farther. Um, yep. so that's, that's one and that's two. That's great. And then, um, you know, three is that um, I, I, uh, millennials need to look outside of their own silos and work with other, you know, other millennials and just other people in general to solve these really big problems. I think as these problems yeah. get bigger and bigger, um, it's not going to be one person solving these problems. It's going to be a collection of, it's going to be a pack of lone wolves solving these problems. And when I say that, I mean everyone you know at the table is going to have their own zone of genius or their own unique skill set, but it's going to require implementing those um, together, like Avenger style or like a pack of lone wolves in order to solve those massive problems. So, you know, get out. Yeah, so
1: people are going to absolutely have to learn to work together and, and, you know come in and out of pods of innovation and discussion and then move on to another group and another discussion group so it's going to be much more fluid so jared we are at the end of our our time here today i could spend hours more talking to you it's been a fascinating discussion and i just so appreciate you being on the show thank you so much for your time and and sharing your insights and if you haven't gotten jared's book i strongly recommend that you get it um every leader today should read that book so thanks so much for being with me
2: jared yeah thank you for having me
1: terrific so again i just want to put a plug in for thinkers 50 and if you haven't voted for me i would really appreciate you going to www.thinkers50.com and uh, vote for me my email address is linda at lindasharkey.com and i would be Humbled to be on that list. My next guest next week is Bill Hawkins. Bill and I have been colleagues for a lot of years, and he is part of the Marshall Goldsmith Group. He has a new book out, uh, also talking about how you have to think about uh, your workforce and change your workforce rules and regulations so that you can be still an attractive employer going forward. And it's loaded with great tips and coaching information and how you coach, uh, particularly in this up and coming uh, new generation of employees coming into the workforce. So I'm very excited about that. And then after that, we have Corey Kogan, who's talking about the five choices the Path to Extraordinary Productivity. And she goes into a great deal, and her co-authors, a great deal of neuroscience and what we know about the brain and the five things that we really have to do in order to be really productive. Whether we are actually working in a brick-and-mortar organization or, as Jared called it, a lone wolf out there. Um, September, we're going to be doing a full series on what work is going to look like in the next 20 years. And I think Jared had some great insights and some things that are definitely going to be changing. Our own research, my own research on what it's gonna take to lead in the global world says that we're gonna have to have team connectivity, which to me equates to this pod of lone wolves that will come together to solve problems and where leaders will need to be able to unleash them so that they can solve the problems and then they'll move on to another different pod of lone wolves who will come together and tackle another big problem etc and that's the way the world is going to work as we're going forward and we and we have to start thinking more literally linearly Um, and fluidly about how we interact as opposed to hierarchically. So thanks again for joining I Lead the Leadership Connection. Looking forward to talking to you next week.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's edition of I Lead the Leadership Connection. Please join Dr. Linda Sharkey again for another show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a successful week.